ministry of Bishop Eddie Fabian edifies, exhorts, and comforts as God confirms his word with accompanying miracles, signs, and wonders. Bishop Eddie Fabian pastors the Christ Our Savior Cathedral of the megachurch of Wasi, off the Nanavongo Road. His weekly Sunday services and turning point services on Friday are streamed live on Facebook and have blessed many lives. He is also a seasoned counselor God uses immensely to repair shattered relationships. You are about to experience the manifest presence of God. Now, here's the Bishop, Eddie Fagan. We pray that this month will be a good month. Deliver us, deliver our families, deliver our church members from accidents, from death, from sickness, from every plan and imagination of the devil. In the name of Jesus, deliver us from bloodthirsty demons that are around at this time of the year. We shall not hear bad news. We shall not hear of sorrow pain and loss at the end of the year we shall count and see that is intact everybody is around we bless you we thank you in Jesus name we pray somebody shouted amen hallelujah God bless you please be seated in the presence of the Lord Tonight, we're just going to have a short Bible lesson and then we will close. But, right, tonight I just wanted to share something with us from our Father's book, Loyalty and Disloyalty. Hallelujah. Oh, I thought you were going to be excited or you are not excited. It's a bestseller. And... Um, we once a while need to be teaching on it because that is the foundation of this church it's one of the um, pillars of the church and what keeps us as a church and we cannot ever stop talking about it in fact when we stop talking about it our church will just die and there are many people who come in who uh, don't hear the message of loyalty because this message has been preached. In fact, this message was preached many years ago and it's an important message. New people come in who don't know about loyalty and so we need to talk about it all the time. So once in a while, we need to talk about it and if you have heard the message before, you should not have a certain attitude of know it all. Receive it as if you are hearing for the first time. In fact, the message of loyalty, anytime you hear it, you realize that, hmm, I really need to hear this message. So you need to open up your spirit to hear it. Amen. Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2, which is the foundational scripture for this particular topic. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2. Hallelujah. Oh, can I have an Amen. Can we all read it together? Ready, go. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. Maybe you should come and sit in a congregation so that you don't become, uh, what do you call it? <laughs> so you can receive directly where you are seated. Amen. So, the Bible says that there is something which is a requirement. If you are a steward, who is a steward? Someone taking care of something. So, all of us, I want to believe, are caretakers. You are taking care of the choir, you are taking care of uh, airport stars, you are taking care of ashes, you are taking care of uh, if you are not the one even in charge you are, you are making sure that it is happening you see, so you are a steward in one sense and the Bible says that 
it is required of you. There is a certain requirement. If they say something is a requirement, it means um, what? It's expected. It's necessary. It's something that we, we, we want to see with you. So the Bible says that it is required in stewards. Anybody who is a steward, anybody who is doing something in the house of God, there is something that is required of you. The Bible calls it faithfulness. You must be found faithful. Faithful is, to be faithful means to be constant. Is somebody who can be trusted. Somebody we can depend on. You are faithful, it means that you don't change. You remain the same. That's why we say God is a faithful God. What a faithful God have I. What a faithful God. What a faithful God. He's a faithful God. What a faithful God have I. Faithful in every way. Okay, many of you don't know these songs. I don't know what songs people know these days. I wish I could have time to teach you some, but I wonder whether you want to learn it or whether you want to even learn the songs that we were singing. <laughs> but anyway, so this is a requirement for every person. Now, you find out that people become disloyal or unfaithful because the devil... He's an unfaithful person and a disloyal person. He was disloyal when he was with God and he was thrown down to the earth. And he wants to show God that people would not be loyal to him. So he tries to bring that spirit into the house of God and makes people become that way. And there are a lot of people who fall to the things of the devil. That's why loyalty must be taught. Because if we don't teach it, many people don't know that they are being disloyal. And one of the ways you can know that somebody is being disloyal is seen in the signs. There are certain signs. There, there are some things you, you will not see them. You will not see them. Like you see a brother and a sister naked. Hardly will you see that. And if you are waiting to see something like that, you will see. And, and, and if you are using that, they will deny all the time. Yeah, nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. So you use signs. You see one or two things. Then you know that mm, there is something between these people. You know, and you can go further. But that's why when the people came to tell Jesus that they caught the people in, uh, 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 the woman in adultery, it was very strange. God, what were they doing? <laughs> are you people here? Are you here? Right. Okay. I see there are young people here, so they are looking at me in a certain funny way. All right. So let me just go to the, straight to the point. Now, so what I'm saying is that when it comes to loyalty, or probably disloyalty, because that is one, that one is what will help you to know whether you are being loyal or not. There are also signs that we look out for. A lot of people will tell you, I'm faithful. What, what's that scripture? I think in uh, Proverbs chapter 20 or so, every man will proclaim his own faithfulness. Can you find that scripture? Is it Proverbs 20 verse 5? Every man will, 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 every man will proclaim his goodness or his faithfulness or whatever. Look, see whether it's that scripture. That's it, eh? Every man will proclaim his own goodness. Have you found it? But a faithful man who can find. So, everybody will say what they want to say. Okay, that's not Proverbs. Proverbs something. Every man will proclaim his own goodness. Verse 6 rather. Okay. So, most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness. But a faithful man who can find. So, if we are to ask you, everybody will say, oh, me, <laughs> I'm faithful. You can depend on me. You can trust me. 
Yeah. So a lot of people can talk and say things. But when we come to the nitty gritty, whether you are truly faithful or not, we'll find out. So we're going to look at some signs. There are a lot of them. We can't look at all today. But we'll look at a few. And then we'll continue. Amen. Especially in these times, as the year is also coming to a close and all that, we need to also check some of these things so that we walk faithfully serving God. Amen. So, number one, I'm going to share with you a few signs. Then we can move on. Amen. A leader or a person who disappoints you in times of pressure or crisis. A leader who disappoints you in times of pressure or what? Crisis. Are you there? Or a person. You see, when you see these things in yourself, it makes you see that you are being disloyal. So every one of us, we need to check ourselves and also use it to check your own members to see those who are loyal and those who are not loyal. Hallelujah. So, Bishop says here, notice leaders who absent themselves when the church is going through difficult times. Watch out for people who are absent during hard times. It is in times of pressure that you see the true character of a person. In the heat of events, you may have to rebuke someone sharply. Or you may have to overstretch those who work, you work with. Watch how they behave in such times. It will tell you something about their loyalty. You expect everyone to cooperate in times of war. Some time ago, we had a crisis in our church relating to factions within our community. One day in the heat of events, we had to go and see some officials in the government. When we went to see these officials, they told us that they wanted to see if we had any support from the local people who lived in the community. Are you there? I said, oh, that's not a problem. We have some members of the community in our church. I even have some of them working in our office. So I left a hurried message for some of the church workers who were also pastoral trainees to join me in visiting these government officials. I wanted the government officials to see that we had genuine support, support from the community. Would you believe that these pastoral trainees did not turn up? What a shock. They did not go to see the government officials in support of the church. I felt really depressed and let down in a time of war. After the crisis, I confronted the three deserters. <laughs> hey. Shortly after that, two of them apologized for letting me down in a time of crisis. However, the third person in question rendered no such apology. Why? I decided to say nothing to him, but just to watch him, I realized that I had detected a lack of full commitment. I was not surprised when a few weeks later I received a letter on my desk from the same brother. The same brother. I can always tell when a letter is a resignation letter. <laughs> this particular letter had only one sentence. I resigned from your organization. What a shock. I never saw this brother again and was not interested in seeing him anymore. What are for those who desert you in times of trouble? They are probably not loyal to you. Why did Paul say he wouldn't work with Reverend John Mark? It was because John Mark had deserted him in a time of crisis. Acts chapter 15 and verse 38. Acts 15, 38. But Paul thought not good to take him, John Mark. Hmm? Put the scripture on the screen. Acts 15, 38. But Paul thought not good to take him, that is John Mark, with them who departed or deserted from them. Wow. The scripture has kept long in coming, Paul. 
And those of you on the screen, let's try and work very fast. Number two. So we see right here somebody who Paul didn't think he needed him. Because at the time that he needed him most, he deserted him. He departed from him. So watch out for people who depart from you. They are not there. Either they are in crisis or you are in crisis. Are you there? Mr. Henry, are you there? Or they are in trouble or whatever. Then you are also in trouble. Or they are under pressure. Or you are under pressure. Whichever way. As they desert you, it's a sign. It's a sign. Because as for pressure, it will come. All of us will have pressure. But how you behave in times of pressure is very, very, very key. Something that we, we don't even know that. The pressure you are talking about that you are having, the person even is having more pressure. Francisca, are you there? More pressure. You see, so sometimes it's good to join your pressure to my pressure <laughs> so that we can at least comfort each other with our pressures. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it is something that you must learn to overcome. That in times of pressure, I will not desert. Are you there? Tell the next person, in times of pressure, don't desert. Don't depart. Yeah. Amen. You see, because one day you two, you'll be in a situation, you will need somebody to be with you. And if you don't take care, you see that the person too will say, ah, me too, I'm under pressure. And they will leave you. Amen. Number two, leaders or people who disappoint you when they are under pressure. So, I think that this is the point I was just trying to make. So, when there's pressure in the church, they desert you. And when they are under pressure, I've noticed that certain people just do not come to church or participate when they are experiencing a domestic challenge or a financial problem. I am often under pressure from several quarters, looking after the cathedral, dealing with situations concerning branches, pastors, lands, and properties, personnel, salaries, letters, criticisms, telephone calls, emergencies, pressures of traveling and family. But in the midst of all this, I have to remain focused and perform all my duties. It is important that I do not collapse or let people down when I am under pressure. Are you getting it? It's important not to let people down, especially when people are depending on you. It's important not to let them down when you are under pressure. Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 19. Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 19. It says that, Confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. I don't know how many of you have had a toothache before. Hey! Broken tooth that you are depending on to chew something. It will disappoint you. And the pain that it will give to you, you will not be happy about it. Pray that you don't have that kind of problem. Yeah. So sometimes, depending on an unfaithful person, it's like a broken tooth that you are trying to use to chew a bone. Aya! Very painful. Because what they will do to you is so painful. Or a foot out of joint. Try to step on it. You feel the pain. You see, because you are expecting that if I step, like as I'm walking now, I'm expecting that as I'm stepping, everything should be okay. But as soon as the thing goes out of joint, when I step, ee, I was depending on the foot to support me, not knowing it was out of joint. So it gives me such pain to step on it. And for some people, to depend on you, it gives such pain. Mercy. As the next person, are you that kind of person? We are expecting you to come and sing. And then you don't come. 
We are expecting to come and fix things in the church. Then you vanish. You are not there. We are expecting you to come and play the drums. Then you are not there. It's very painful. One brother, some people were going to, they were preparing for Carol's night. And they were rehearsing. They rehearsed. In fact, they rehearsed, I think, from September or so, rehearsing for the Carol's night. He was around throughout the rehearsal. He came, came, came. So the night before the Carol's night, the day, the last rehearsal before the Carol's night, they came to tell the, the choir leader that he would not be coming to play the drum at the Carol's night. So the leader said, ah, we have rehearsed with you. You have played the drama. Now that it's come, the time has come for you to play on the day that we need you. He said that's the reason why he has been coming because he knew he wouldn't come on that day. That's why he has been coming. What a shock. He knew the day of the program, he would not be there. So he decided to be coming for the rehearsal so that the day when he doesn't come, it will make up for the time that... Ah! The day we need you, that, that day that we need you, that day you have, you have decided that you will not come. <laughs> it's a foot out of joint. It's the wrong tooth to depend on. Don't be a wrong tooth. That we trust you. We put our blessing in you. That we are hoping that you'll be there. You are the one going to. Then at the last minute, you disappoint. Harry, tell you. And it can be painful as a leader when you have somebody like that, that you are, you are hoping and banking your hopes on the person to be around. And all of you, I'm just showing you because you are all going to become leaders. In fact, you are leaders. You are all going to become pastors and you see how it is. So, build it in yourself so that you can also help others. It's a seed, actually. Are you getting it? We're expecting you to be around on a Tuesday, but pressure. Christmas pressure. So you have decided that you won't come. Customers are coming to sow their things, so you will not come. Hey, why is the church very quiet? People are very quiet, Pastor, today. You are soaking. Okay. There are some people who often present themselves with problems concerning homes and families. Have you noticed that these problems have not prevented them from going about their jobs? Have you thought about that? There are people who bring problems. Oh, my family, my children, my this, my that. Anytime it comes to the church. But when it comes to their jobs, those problems don't pose a problem. Yeah. Sometimes you see people who are being transferred somewhere. Or they are going on missions. You see. Hey, how are you sending our son to uh, uh, where? Where are some of the places? Nicaragua or Burundi. But those same people can be working for UN and UN will send them there. That one is not a problem. Mercy. Those same people may be working for some companies. And the companies will send them to those same places, but that one would not be a problem. But if they are sent by the church, or the church says that, oh, let's go to this place. Oh, my children, my children, my children. If I leave my children, nobody will take care of them. But when it comes to your company, dear, your children will be okay. Yeah. I know one lady, she gave birth to her child. I don't know how many days, I think about eight days or so. That they said they were going somewhere, her company. She left the eight day old child. If it was the church that said, Leave your eight day old child and come for church service, age. Hey, are you people there? Any leader that deserts you when he is under pressure is potentially a potentially dangerous person. Many pastors have to preach on Sunday mornings. Sometimes, after they have had a disagreement with their wives on the way to church. But they still have to minister under the anointing. If they were to break down under the least oppression, they would be unreliable ministers. 
Have you thought about it? It's that like a pastor there doesn't have problems. <laughs> He's always okay. Everything is okay with him. He's expected to come and minister in the same way he ministered last week. He cannot come and minister any way at all. Oh, pastor, we are here to receive the preaching. Don't come and minister. Meanwhile, he has his own issues. But he comes and makes sure that the pressure that he's experiencing is not affecting what he's doing in the church. That's what you must learn to do. If you are going to be a good leader, you're going to be a good steward in the house of God. Learn not to let pressure. Eh? Sarah, don't let pressure stop you from coming to church or doing the work of God. Amen. Let me be hearing your amen so that I know that you are agreeing with what I'm saying. Number three, leaders of people who have moral weaknesses. Moral weaknesses. Now, if you have a leader with a persistent problem of immorality, please take note of such a person. Persistent immorality. Yeah, in other words, he's into fornication. He's into women. I mean, he's into them. These are the things that he's into. Beware of such a person. And if you yourself, you are into such things, beware of yourself. <laughs> because you are a potential disloyal person. You can easily desert and go away. He could disappoint you or turn against you one day. Why is this? The Bible says that a leader must live a holy life, treating the young ladies as sisters and not as girlfriends. Hey! 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 2. 1 Timothy 5, verse 2. Put it on the screen for us. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 2. Beautiful. The elder women as mothers, the younger as sisters with all purity. Okay, I don't know which version this one is. But it says that treating the younger as sisters with all purity. The younger as sisters with all purity. Yeah. So, we are supposed to treat them as sisters. If you are a leader and you see the ladies in the church, you can't be seeing them as sisters. But you see them in another way. You are a dangerous person. Yeah. You are a sheep eater. And we must be afraid of you. <laughs> hey! Hmm. A person who lives continually in sin is often in rebellion against God. The attitude of rebellion can be turned onto any of God's representatives at short notice. Yeah. They can turn on you and just misbehave in any way because that spirit is operating. So we need to watch it and we ourselves, we need to be careful. Look out for these things in your members. If there's anybody in your group, look out for such people. Let your eye be on them. Such a person can just turn on you. You may also have to discipline such a fellow for his misdeeds. In his anger, at your correction, he may walk out on you in rebellion. Such people usually go around making up bad stories. They go around making up bad stories. Why? You see, they have to give an explanation for leaving the church. So they will have to say all sorts of things for people to believe them. Because what's the reason? Why have you left the church? You must give a reason that is very, what's the word? Plausible. Plausible. <laughs> a very good reason why you left. So you say, oh, that church, there's this, that, 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 and they are like this, and they are like that. But meanwhile, it is you. It is you. As for moi, it is you. And many times, people even don't bother to find out why. They just, they just listen to what such people say, and then they run with it. But we need to be careful ourselves because we can easily become such people. Number four, leaders or people who have financial weaknesses. Yeah. Are you writing it down, Mr. Drama? You are not just supposed to play drums, so. 
Take notes. Take notes. Take notes. That's how you become a very good person. Yeah. Whatever you do in the church should not be your last stop. All these things I've done some. I've, 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 everything you see I've done. I've done media. I've done uh, whatever. Anything you see I've led praise and worship. I've, I've sang in the choir. I've been an usher. Anything you see I've done some before. But that's not supposed to be your last stop. So see yourself as a preacher. Yeah. Those who stay with the thing that they do, they don't do well. Yeah. That's why those who are doing well, especially the musicians like Pastor Donnie McLeckin and Bishop uh, Marvin Winans and all these people, they are all doing very well because they, they are taking the thing to another level. They just didn't stay singing. Uh, Count it all joy. It's good. It's a season. But now you move on. Are you there? Good. So leaders who have financial weaknesses. Again, someone who is a thief is in rebellion against God. This rebellion will eventually turn against the pastors. If such a thief is confronted about his evil deeds, he's likely to be incensed against you. In his anger at correction, he may also walk out and spread negative stories about you, claiming that you are the real thief. What a shock! Remember that many traitors and rebels are also thieves. John 12, verse 6. He said, He Judas, he Judas, he Judas was a thief. He Judas was a thief. John 12, verse 6. But he was a thief. And he was carrying the bag. What a shock. Number five, leaders or people who are worldly. Worldly. A leader who loves watching worldly and perverted films is to be noted. In fact, there are people who like watching cine, every day watching movies. Be careful of such a person. You are in too much into the world. And you like watching certain movies. Movies that as a Christian you are not supposed to be watching. Are you there? Then you keep watching these things. And you just love them. And your whole life you don't even spend time praying. Every time. Movies. This. Things of this world. Hey! He loves worldly music and he knows all the lyrics of the songs. Stuck on you. I got this feeling down in my soul. Hey! You know all the worldly songs. Which other songs are they, do they sing? Eh? What like? West Life. What, what, what did the song would they sing? Falling down. Solida. Hey. Chale. And you know the songs. They, they are into you. Yeah. So that's why a worship leader will come and lift up the microphone and Everybody lift up your hands. Because he has soaked the That's the song that came up of his spirit when he lifted the microphone. Everybody lifted up their hands. They were expecting some powerful song that their brother was going to sing. The people to that were there, they also responded. Worldly songs. You know all these people. Celine Dion. And sometimes you find musicians in the church. They say we are learning from them. Are these the people to be learning from? We want to learn how they play the drum. So I am soaking in Sly Domba. Do you know Sly Domba? 
It's a drama. Is it a drama? Reggae something. Yeah, I'm soaking in it. Eh? Was he playing for Peter Tosh or Bob Marley or one of these people? Reggae guys. I'm soaking this type of people. I'm, I'm soaking how they play the drum. A bad spirit will enter into you. And before you realize, you are just operating in that same way. You love these things. You admire them. You admire worldliness. And you are attracted to it. This person could desert you just as Demas deserted Paul. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 10. For Demas has forsaken me. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 10. For Demas, oh, give me Kojobi. I don't know how, what you have given to me. KJV. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. And he has departed. <laughs> and I keep saying that. If that world, I don't know what world was there, what, no internet, no uh, Facebook, no Twitter. No what? Instagram, no WhatsApp, no all these things that makes people no film theater, home theater, whatever. And you love that world and you left. Then this world, yeah, if you love it, you will leave power. Because this world has more things. Because Demas days, I don't know what was there. Horses, camels. And the guy loved that world. He loved the world so much that he left the church. Today, there, there are more things that will make you leave. And that's why all of us need to be careful. It can be any of you. Anybody here can leave the church. Can say, I'm leaving. Because something else is calling for you. Those days, they didn't have flashy cars. They didn't have all these things that we have today. But somebody loved that world. So, you too love. I'm sure one day, somebody will read about us and say, ah, what, what, what was there at this time that we were loving the world? Because maybe the kind of things that will be coming. Yeah, cars will be flying in the air. So, those, these cars that they were loving it. What a shock. Number six. I'm just ending. Leaders or people who think that they can do what you are doing better than you can. Mercy. Anyone who is watching me, the senior pastor, and has thoughts flashing through his mind, I could do this better. Or if I had the chance, I would also be able to minister like that. And probably even better. Such a person is a dangerous person to have around. Remember that Absalom thought he could do his father's job better than he was doing it. 2 Samuel 15 verse 4. 2 Samuel chapter 15 verse 4. Absalom said, Oh, that I were made a judge in the land, that every man which has any case or suit might come unto me and I would do him justice. It's like his father was the king or the judge and they were taking cases to his father David. But Absalom was sitting at the gate and when people come with their problems, say, you people, your problems, you see, I can handle it better for you. I know how to do it better. When you have such a mind, you have become an Absalom and you have become somebody who is a potential rebel. You are about to leave the church. Such a thought is what Lucifer had. Lucifer said, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will go up. I will be like the Most High. I can be like God. I can do what God does. But this is the one who created you. How come you are now thinking that you can be greater than God? It's a spirit of Lucifer which should not enter into your mind. When it gets into your mind, brush it off. And beloved, I won't be surprised if you can do it better than I'm doing it. 
I won't be surprised at all. It's not a surprise to me. But the truth of the matter is that you are not the one standing here. <laughs> are you there decided to go back home? Yeah. A person is not doing what he is doing because he is the best at doing it. He is doing it because God has put him there. I am not the pastor of my church because I am the best pastor. No. I'm here because God has put me here. There may be people who are even better pastors than I am, but God put me here instead of them. David was the king because God made him king. He was not the king because he was the most qualified person. I mean, we all knew David. I mean, when Samuel saw his brothers as they were coming, each one of them, they were moving and coming. He said, ah, surely this must be the, 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 the Lord's anointed. Surely this must be the one that God has chosen. And the Bible says that God said, I have not chosen any of these people. He said, rather, there's one who is at the backside of the desert. He is the one I have chosen. Call for him. And someone said, we are going to stay here. Not until he comes, we are not moving. And they went to fetch David and brought him. So he was not the most qualified. In fact, I don't think that there was anything regal about him. He was just a desert, a, 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 a shepherd boy. But God said, I like that one. So it's not so much about whether you can do better than somebody. But it's that this is the person God has chosen to be there at this time. And we must all learn to submit to the person and to flow with the person. Yeah. Sometimes the assistant may look even more capable at certain things than the head. But don't make the mistake of fighting against the order that God has set. You will not succeed. It is God who sets and it is God who will remove. If he so pleases, you cannot remove what God has set in place. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 28. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 28. And God has set some in the church. God has set some in the church. So when you see somebody doing something, God has set the person there. Eh, but even this one, I, mean, I can even do it better. Listen, you are not the one who has been put there. Relax where you are. Otherwise, you become a Lucifer. A Luciferian spirit will enter into you. Number seven. My time is up. Any leader who is prepared to attack his own father or senior in ministry, that is a sign that you need to look out for. That this person is not afraid to attack his father and speak to the father and his senior anyway. Be careful of sad people. When you see somebody talking to you anyway, talking to your leader in any way, you, you just open your mouth and talk or behave in a certain way. Be careful. A bad spirit is, is, is beginning to take place in your life. And sad people must be watched. When you have any of your sheep that is like that, watch that person very well. They are not afraid of authority. Be careful of people who come to you from another church where they grew up. Mark them when they say all sorts of negative things about their former pastors and fathers in the Lord. Remember that Absalom was prepared to attack his own father. 2 Samuel chapter 16, verse 11. He said, Behold, my son Absalom seeketh my life. Seeketh my life. 2 Samuel chapter 16, verse 11. Such a person is deadly. Do not admit such a person into your fold, thinking that he will be loyal to you. Remember that he was thinking of attacking his own father. Absalom chased his own father out of town. Never befriend someone who attacks his own pastor. I've listened as pastors and all sorts of I've listened as pastors said all sorts of negative things about their own seniors. Perhaps they thought they were gaining my sympathies. But the more they talked, the more absalomic and treacherous I found them to be. This is why it is almost impossible to become a pastor. 
in my setup unless you grow up from within. Wow. That's why our church, you don't just make anybody become a pastor when you just come in. You must go through the system, go through the mill, go through new believer school, do the lay schools, fruitful believers, go through everything, be in the church for a while so that we can see you. Because time always proves whether you are a right person or not. Whether you are a good person or not. Time will always tell. And we have seen people who have not survived as time has passed. They can't survive. And others have survived. Number eight. Wounded leaders. Wounded leaders who have never recovered from their hurts. Wounded leaders. Yeah. And listen, beloved, in a place like this where we have different people, we have all come together. By all means, somebody will hurt you. Somebody will say something to hurt you. Yeah. As pastors, we are hurt all the time. The way you people hurt us. Yeah. <laughs> the other day, I was having for my quiet time, I was reading from John chapter 10. I was even telling my wife. Jesus said, which of these good things that I have done that you are stoning me? So I was saying that. Even Jesus, all the good things that he's doing, they were stoning him. How much more me? At least Jesus, we can say that he's a good man. So, I mean, it's, it's some way. But me, maybe I'm, 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 I'm not a good person. So, if, if they, are, they are stoning me, we can understand. But Jesus too. So you see that that spirit is a spirit that attacks anybody, whether you are good or bad, it doesn't matter, it will attack you. It will attack you. So, people will hurt you. I observe closely all people who have been hurt by one event or the other. In normal church life, many things occur that can lead to hurt and offenses. I've discovered two types of people. One type recovers from the offense and moves ahead with his life. The other type seems to harbor some lingering unforgiveness. Especially when you see the other person and you look at the person in a certain way. <laughs> lingering unforgiveness. Watch these people. They are potential defectors. Yeah. Almost every traitor has a history of being hurt at one time or the other. Just dig into the history of anarchists. You will discover that they have been hurt by something that was said or done earlier. You know, I hear that Hitler, there was something, I think he wanted to be in the choir or he wanted to be something and they didn't allow him. He became hurt. And, <laughs> and he wanted to do what? He wanted to be something, an artist, yeah, something like that. And then he said, no, they will not allow him. So he got angry. <laughs> he didn't, he was not healed from his head. He ended up killing so many millions of people. Just from that thing. You, you need to be careful of heads and offenses. You need to be careful. Second Samuel 13. Okay, remember how Absalom was furious at his brother Amnon? For raping his sister Tamar. Second Samuel 13 verse 22. Absalom hated Amnon because he had forced his sister Tamar. Two years after this event, Absalom struck. The deep-seated wound finally produced fruit. All deep-seated wounds will one day bear fruit of mutiny. Yeah. If you don't allow yourself to be healed, allow yourself to be healed. And sometimes people say, time heals. I believe, but I tell you, the best way is for God to heal you. Time may take a long time. I don't know when. Sometimes it may be forever. But allow God to heal you. What is it that you are going through? We've all been hurt at one point or the other. But as a leader, you are not expected to have wounds. The Bible says that a priest must not have wounds and boils. It will affect you. You can't even wear your, your cassock well. It will be rubbing on it. It will be painful. So be healed. Be healed of every wound. Be healed. Don't carry it around. It will affect other people. Yeah. 
bitterness and all these things Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 15 it says that we must not fail of the grace of God because of these things because bitterness can be in you look diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled deal with it tell the next person deal with it Number nine, leaders who are not prepared to be trained or retrained in the ministry. Are you there? Leaders who are not what? Prepared to be what? Trained or what? Retrained. You know, even these meetings that we are attending, they are training. Sometimes I need to meet with shepherds. And in fact, every Sunday... I want to meet with the shepherds. But you see some people don't want to be trained. They don't want to be around. They just run away home. It's a sign. Maybe you don't know. That's why we are teaching it. That is not a good thing to just run away. How can you become a good leader? How can you become a good pastor? You cannot stay to be trained. You don't want to be trained. Notice people who say things like, I was a leader before I joined you. I have been a leader for many years in such and such a church. What he's saying is, I've already been trained and your training program is unnecessary for me. Make no mistake, dear pastor. People coming from other institutions need to be retrained to suit your needs. Even when you go and work somewhere, where, uh, AGA, when you come and work there, do they allow you to just, don't they take you through some training? They'll have to show you how they do their things. There's a way we also do our things. They take you through orientation. And sometimes the orientation takes months. But you have come. I don't need any orientation. I know everything already. Jack. They'll suck you. Are you there? Yeah. Do not allow anyone from another church to introduce another spirit of philosophy or philosophy into the house. Are you an old tree? There are two types of trees, young and old. When a tree is young, it can be bent over. When it is old, it can no longer be bent over. Do not try to bend an old tree. You will break it. Before you hear, crack! <laughs> That's why we are interested in the young people. Sometimes you find the young people of today, today don't want to be trained. Young people, when you tell them something, it's like they know everything. MITK. You know MITK? Most international too known. <laughs> they know everything when you try to see them. Then they look at you in a certain way. It's like, who are you? Yeah. But listen, at least Bishop Dag always says, at least my small 10% that I want to add to what you know will make a lot of difference in your life. Allow me to add that 10%. You'll be amazed what, what difference it will make. You are gifted, you are this, you are that, but you need a little to add to what you know. No matter what you know, experience is always better. Yeah. Oh yeah. If somebody's leading worship, you can be whatever. But I will show you something that you see that you're still not that kind of person that you are. You may be an asha, you may be whatever. Allow yourself to be trained and retrained. We go to training. Even as bishops, we have been trained all the time. No, we don't know it all. We don't know it all. Otherwise, you become an MITK. What is MITK? Most international to know. Oh, in other words, do not try to teach an old dog new tricks. What am I saying? I've given up trying to retrain nice people from other churches. Paul trained Timothy and told him exactly what to do. He told him what to preach and how to minister. You, you must be ready to learn. Show me what you want me to do. Tell me how you want me to do it. 
even me, I keep asking Bishop, Bishop Dag, what, what should I do? Is there something I can do? But you don't want to betray him. Mm. He called him my son, Timothy. Timo, Timothy was obviously prepared for training and retraining. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 20. Oh, Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust. And number 10, because my time is up. Leaders who are not prepared to do menial jobs. Leaders or people who are not prepared to do menial jobs. If you call them to come and do something, they feel it's below them. It's a sign. It's a sign. And sometimes you see, when people are doing, they always stand at the side. They're just watching. It's like some of us, we came to watch. We are not part of this thing. Hey, are you people there? Anyone who is not prepared to do menial jobs may be too lofty for real ministry. The disciples did menial jobs. They were ushers, waiters, errand boys, scavengers. Without shame, they collected baskets of leftover bread crumbs and fish bones in front of thousands of people. Without shame. Without shame. They were sent on errands to buy food and to relay simple messages. I take very serious note of high and mighty individuals who think certain tasks are below them. Mm. I've watched over the years as certain individuals from within my flock have refused to engage in menial jobs. They have rarely amounted to much in the ministry. I rebuke pastors who appear too stiff and too elitist to get involved in down-to-earth work. Jesus taught us the importance of being a hands-on leader. Luke twenty-two twenty-seven. He said, I am among you as he that serveth. That is why my Bible, my Bible students are involved in scrubbing church toilets and cleaning floors. It helps them to become more unpretentious and practical leaders. Wow. Watch out for those big shots. They won't amount to much in the ministry of the Lord Jesus. Yeah. The other day, what I, what I was telling you about some noble people. Eh? Eh? Pardon? Eh, Nehemiah, yes. They were called what? The Tequites. Look for that scripture. Noble people who felt that they, they cannot join in these things as people were watching the gates. The Bible says that these ones were noble. They felt that they didn't need any of these things. And they didn't join in it. They didn't join in it. Hey, but how come today you are giving me all sorts of versions of the Bible? You are not sticking to the King James. All right. Except ye become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom. Matthew 18 verse 3. Never forget Philip, the evangelist, who was first sent to work in the church cafeteria. When he was asked to sort out all the problems of the church in relation to food, he did not say that it was below his dignity. He did not even mention that he was called to be an evangelist. In fact, it was because he was called to be an evangelist that God was giving him the opportunity to be a dining hall prophet. If God has called you to evangelize the world, you may have to start with menial jobs. Never forget that. Never forget that. I was telling some people the other day, I have been a receptionist in the church. I, I was the receptionist. I was just sitting at the front desk. That is me. Yeah. I'd arrived. I mean, I've worked at certain places. But when I arrived, go to the front desk, sit there, when any call comes, pick it. Hello, hello, yeah. Who are you looking for? Yeah, look, okay, come, I'll show you. That's, that was the job I was doing. We have done all these things. Carried chairs, carried tables, carried benches. Yeah. We'll be carrying benches from Queen's Hall to the Great Hall. We'll just be carrying it. When we finish, we carry back. Our clothes will be dirty done all that. You see, today people don't want to do menial jobs. They want to be great. It doesn't just happen. Anybody you see great anywhere, 
has been down there before doing menial jobs. How come people can't do menial jobs today? It's like this one is below me. Who are you? Who are you? You can only go very high if you can go very low. Did you hear me? You can only go very high if you can go very low. I pray for you that you'll be able to go very low so that God will lift you very high. Hey, my time is up. Stand to your feet. What are the 10 things you have learned today? Number one is what? Abba, I hope you were writing the points. Number one is what? A leader or what? A leader who disappoints you in times of crisis. Number two, A leader who disappoints you when he is under pressure. A leader or any person. Number three. Leaders who have what? Moral weaknesses. Number four. Leaders who have financial weaknesses. Number five. Leaders who are worldly. Hey, as an expert, are you worldly? Do you like worldly songs? Listen, one day we went to visit a certain sister. She was playing some cool numbers. With a selection on her computer in her office and the cool numbers. So we said, hey, are these the songs? So when she wants to relax, these are the songs. <laughs> what a shock. Number six, number six, our time is up. A leader who does what? I cannot hear you. Who thinks he can do what you are doing better than you? Number seven. A leader who does what? A leader who likes to attack his father or a senior in ministry. Number eight. I cannot hear you. A leader who does what? Wounded. They have been wounded. Hey, ask the person, have you been wounded? Have you been wounded? Has somebody hurt you in a certain way? We have all been hurt before, but we recover. And we, we are always being hurt. But we recover and we move on. If we are following the hurts that you bring, you won't see us here. Number nine. Leaders who are not prepared to be trained and retrained. And number 10. Prepared to do menial jobs. May God help us not to be any of these things. Lift up your hand and just ask God to help you. Pray. I'm sure that God has spoken to you one way or the other. There was a point somewhere that touched you. You realize that this one is me. Pray because the devil has different ways by which he attacks us to try and take us out of the church. But pray that you not fall prey to any of these things. Ask God to help you. Ask God to help you. Pray that he will help you. Oh, Father, help us. Help your children. Don't let us fall by the side of the road. May we go on to the very end. May we overcome the tricks of the devil and the things that the enemy suggests to us. Father, help us to be loyal. Help us to be faithful. In the name of Jesus, may none of these signs be found in us. Even if they are, may we overcome them and become faithful stewards in your house. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. And as every head is bowed, all eyes closed, somebody invited you to church or you are watching by Facebook, you want to give your life to Jesus, you want to be born again. If you are there like that, just lift up your right hand. I'm going to pray with you. You want to be born again. Just pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, today I thank you for dying on the cross to save me from my sins. Please forgive me all my sins come into my heart make me a new person write my name in the Lamb's book of life from today I will serve you I will follow you for the rest of my days thank you Jesus for saving me Amen 
Amen and amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. If you pray that prayer, we'd love to hear from you. You can send us a message through the number that is on the screen. Or you can send a message. There's a number at the end of the message. Call that number and somebody will speak with you and somebody will fellowship with you. If the line is busy, keep calling. Keep calling till you get somebody talking to you. Hallelujah. God bless you. Put your hands together for Jesus. We believe you have been exalted, edified, and comforted by the prophetic word. Call or WhatsApp plus 233-591-524-522. That's plus 233-591-524-522. To speak to Prophet Eddie Fabian. Prophet Fabian would love to hear from you today and to stand with you in prayer. Eddie Fabian is also on Facebook, so stay in touch. Until Prophet Eddie Fabian comes your way again, run with a prophetic word.